1: This is the Real Lives Untold podcast with myself Sarah O'Connor and myself Trina O'Connor. We're focusing on all things crime and human interest, creating a space for people to tell their stories, the raw unedited version.
0: He started to sexually assault me. He just said to me, don't you open your mouth about this Um, because if you do, no one will believe you. Today we speak
1: with the incredibly brave Anita Byrne, a sexual abuse survivor who waived her anonymity so her attacker could be named. Her uncle, 65-year-old Paul Farrell from Brefney Gardens, Baldoyle in Dublin, was jailed for two years in 2022 after he was convicted of sexually assaulting her in the early 90s, starting when she was just 12 years old before her grandfather's funeral. Anita talks to Trina and I about the road to justice and the stark impact the abuse has had on her relationships, as well as her mental and physical
2: health. So Sarah, today on Real Lives Untold, we have Anita Bourne. Anita, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Thank Thanks Hi. for having me. Thank you ever so much you're for coming welcome. to tell this very, very important story. So I suppose, Anita, you came to our attention because there was some media interest in your story. Um, we've spoken over the last couple of weeks and we felt that this story needs to be told because there may be other people out there who can relate to yes, what you've, definitely. yeah, to definitely. what you've been through. So, if you don't mind, maybe um, you might take us back to your childhood before uh, this incident and instance after that happened. So, what, what was your childhood like, Anita?
0: I had a lovely childhood. Um, I grew up in town in Emerald Street, Seville Place, um, and we moved to Bald Isle. In nineteen ninety one. Um my dad is actually from Baldoyle originally, my mum from the flat in Sheriff Street. So that's how come we lived there for the first half and we moved to Isle down in ninety one. Um so my granny and his family and all still were from Baldoyle, apart from a couple of brothers lived down in Mead, So it was a huge family. My dad is one of fifteen. Wow. Yeah. There was nine boys and six girls.
2: Yeah, exactly the same as my dad, would
0: really? you believe? Yeah. That's yeah. mad. Nine yeah. boys, six girls. Um, and yeah, everything was great, I have to say. Um happy childhood, never wanted for anything. And life was good until that fateful day. Um, and to many of you in your family? I've only one sister. Okay. So yeah, so it's just myself and herself. She's um Seven years older. Right. But we get on so well. She's my best friend. Your apart cl- from uh, the hubby. Apart honestly, the hubby. No, like, I turned to her for absolutely everything, you know. No matter what's going on in my life, she's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so.
2: And if you don't mind, you might speak to us about that fateful day, as, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, up until this point, you had loads of uncles and aunts, and yeah. they were always around. And then there was a, a family funeral, am I right? right? So. my
0: Granddad, my dad's dad, passed away on the twentieth of July, nineteen ninety-two. Um, suddenly, a massive heart attack, and the family was thrown into chaos because it was, such, as I say, such a big family. But we all idolized him, um, grandchildren, and you name it. Like he was just such a lovely gentleman, and we were all devastated. It was such a shock, you know. Um so he passed on the on the twentieth and we were constantly over in the house then over the few course of the few days um, and then I suppose they were obviously making arrangements, funeral arrangements etc and he was laid out then in Jennings in Kulak so we all went over to see him and everything and that was grand and obviously going back to 1992 there was the funerals were in the evening and then mm-hmm. in the morning there were Mirumba Mass um. so we got to the church on the evening of the funeral. And I've never seen people like that in the church. It was the old church in Baldoyle Village, St. Peter and Paul's. And my God, like we were there. I think the funeral mass was at half five. And I don't think we got back to the house till about eight o'clock.
2: Um, and what age were you then, Anita? I
0: was 12. OK, uh, and, and when you're still very clear in your mind, oh, because it's, it's like when there's a funeral yesterday. like that
1: as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's a real clear point as well, isn't it? When you have Big a time, big time.
0: It's, it's like yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's just so smells. Mm. I still get smells mm. and things mm. like that's weird, strange.
2: And and when you got back to the house at 12 years of age after the trauma of the couple of days of this funeral and this really important person in your yeah. life going and all of that, what what happened when you went back to the house?
0: The house was packed yeah I mean family alone fills the house yeah you know um but it, it's a different layout now they had extensions etc put on over the years but I suppose back then the front door was in the middle and the stairs as you opened the front door was facing you and then we had a room either side which was one was the living room and the other one was the good room, as (laughs) my granny called it, where all the ornaments and things were, all our precious things, and we weren't allowed in there, you know, but obviously because of the day that was in it, that room was used as well. Um, And I was walking between one room to the other, and I just heard my name, and I looked up, and my uncle Paul, Paul Farrell, was standing at the top of the stairs, and he asked me, could I help him with something? And I said, "Yeah." didn't obviously think anton of it i mean i would have done things before for any, like him any mm-hmm. of them like so up i went and um his room was to the left hand side it, as it, it went up the stairs so i followed him in and i said yeah and he said can you will you reach up and get me something from the wardrobe so i said yeah, okay no problem so i remember taking my runners off i remember what i was wearing um you know, my LA gear, black runners, my white bubble socks, like yeah. the fashion then, you know. And um, I remember taking my runners off and putting one foot up on the bed to to hike myself up to reach. And next thing, he took me by the, the, the right arm and pulled me down from the bed. And then he turned me away from him. So I was facing out the window um, and he was pressed up against me at the back I I didn't know what was going on at the time it it didn't register that something was wrong I just I think I just froze to be honest and um, then he started to sexually assault me um, with obviously now I know he had an erection I didn't know what that was at 12 years of age pressing in against my back but um, he touched my breasts and put his hand in to my underwear and at that point I don't know how I don't know where the strength came from because like I said I had froze completely to the spot but I wriggled myself out of his grip and I just have to go to the bathroom and the door was locked he had actually locked the door behind him my god and um I remember getting to the door and looking back at him and, like, just this... He was a big, big man, and I don't know how I managed to free his grip, to be honest, but I went into the bathroom and I remember sobbing. I didn't know why I was even crying. I didn't understand it. Um, Why had he done this to me? I knew it was wrong. I knew, you know, it shouldn't have happened, and... um. Yeah, it took a lot out of me. I was I was in there for a good it, it felt like forever. I it could have been five minutes, could have been twenty. I, I d I don't know. Um got myself together, wiped away the tears um and then I opened the bathroom door to find him standing on the landing. Oh god. And, and in the meantime, Anita there were yeah. people downstairs. Oh, yeah. All of your family were downstairs. Yeah. yeah. The house was packed. Packed. Oh, my God. Packed. And I came out and like I said he's such a big man he towered over me and the, and his weight as well not just height like his weight he was a big man he was on crutches he's disabled from a car accident and um, yeah he just said to me don't you open your mouth about this mm. um, because if you do no one will believe you oh, okay and it's like they get
1: this from somewhere this information Mm. because i've I've covered so many court cases and that's it's
0: always the same and the child is just be petrified in fear petrified me i've never been been. frightened like that ever since and things have happened me in my life but no fear like that Mm. no fear and he just stood out stepped back kind of and stood out away and he said remember nobody will believe you so and I how did you feel about
1: that? Did you believe him? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you? I did.
0: Yeah. I went down the stairs and obviously I'm going into a sea of people who were upset, crying, aunts, uncles, mum, dad. Like I say, I remember smells, Eggs egg just torn my stomach. Now I, I'll eat them. But that's what, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a
2: trauma, it's a trauma response. Um, you, you'd you be triggered yeah. by certain things, yeah.
0: All I could smell off his breath was Southern Comfort. That was his drink. Mm-hmm. I can't even... If I see that on a shelf in a pub now, it literally sends a shiver down my spine. Um. So I remember going outside, and out the back, my granny has, my God, a huge big back garden. And... All my cousins were out there. Obviously, it was a summer's day. Um, and they had a cold bunker. And I remember sitting up on the cold bunker and they were playing chasing or whatever and, come on and play. And I was just, you no, know, I froze. I sat up with my legs, hunked into me, if you know what I mean, my mm. arms around my legs. And I cried and cried. And, sorry, another thing he said to me was, if anyone asks you why you're upset, you tell them it's because your granddad died. Right. So one of my cousins came over and she was like, "Come on and play. What's wrong?" And I was like, "I'm just upset because I, like, I, I like I just didn't know what to say." Mm. So we left, went home, and I got up the next morning and I prepared for, for my face. I was head to toe in a rash. Um, I remember going in for my shower and going, "What's this all over me?" Um, I was brought to the doctor, and they said it was an allergic reaction to something. Now, mum hadn't changed. Like, I didn't eat that, and I wouldn't normally have ate. So, later on in life, it was just obviously the shock of it. Maybe yeah. something triggered something. Yeah. I don't know. Because yeah. nobody could. Yeah. It wasn't itchy. It wasn't. There was nothing. It was just a rash from my neck down everywhere.
2: And, and prior to this, Anita, would you have been close to this uncle? Like, would you have done stuff yeah. together? N-
0: no, not particularly. But we went out there every Sunday. Right. That was our day to go to Granny's. Like, you didn't make plans. No matter what you were doing, cancel. Mm. But it um, wasn't
1: to his house. It was to, it
0: was th- to it your was grandparents. To the, yeah, but she yeah. lived there. He's, he he never married or, you know, had relationships as far he, as I know. He just
1: happened to be there. But did you have, you know,
0: did you think of him fondly? Did you think yeah, of him warmly? all yeah. of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Like
2: So when you went to Granny and Grandad's, you went to see your uncle as yeah. well because he lived there?
0: Because there's four of the girls never married. Mm. Um, out of six, and I think there's three boys never married, yeah. and so the four girls still lived with my granny, and two of the boys still lived with my granny at the time. And Paul
2: being one, Paul being one, yeah. And and after that, then, um, when that happened, because you went every Sunday, mm. um, did did this sexual abuse continue, or did he leave you alone for a while, or, or did it how did, did it escalate?
0: But not over the course of the funeral. Um, That was the first day. And that was the only time where he went as far as putting his hands down in my underwear. Um, but yes, it did happen quite often. Very regular. Um, Because we lived so close, it's literally from my mum's house to granny's house. It's about a six minute walk maybe. And... So like mum would say, no matter making a pot of rice, bring that over to your granny. Or I'm after do, do, do whatever, bring that. Go and see your granny. So it wouldn't necessarily always be on a Sunday. I might be told, go over and bring such a thing over. Which is so. What happened was, where the sitting room is based, um, he used to sit in an armchair at the window, and you can see directly across the green. There's a massive big green in front of my granny's house, and um, he could see it coming. So I'd be walking across the green and I'd be saying, please don't let him be in the window. Please don't let him see me. And I so wouldn't know till I got really, to. So really, wasn't it? It really was. And
1: I was just thinking as you were speaking, like waiting until you were 12. It was almost like he'd, mm. he'd really
0: thought about this. It wasn't yeah. an impulse. Mm. No, no. Yeah. But that gets worse further on in, in time right. with something he said in in, in later years. Um, we'll get on to that, but... Yeah, I just remember, like, if he... I'd only know whether he was going to open the door when I got to the gate. And I'd see him standing up out of the chair, and I'd say, oh, here we go. So it started at the front door. He just groped me at the front door. My God. And, a bit, like, I'd freeze. I just couldn't... And then I'd have to go in and sit and face my granny, and I just didn't know how to react around them. And... Um, it got to a point where I just refused to go. Like, I, was oh, like, okay. I don't want to go send my sister, send, you know, dad can go over with it. I'd make any excuse not to go. And that went on for a while. And, and I remember, um, my dad saying to me, you know, why aren't you going to see her? You know, that's, you know, granddad died so suddenly and we just never know. And I suppose I was made for forced in a way at that yeah. age. Yeah. To go, um, so and so you I couldn't assume, explain why you didn't want no, to go. So no, you were really trapped. I wanted to, but I didn't know how to articulate or what, how to even. I didn't know what to say. Yeah, um, so he the abuse obviously started on the day of Grandad's funeral, um, which was twenty second or twenty third of July, and then um, it continued on till the following May. Nineteen ninety three, so, um, yeah, um, so for for a year,
1: yeah, more or less a, a year, yeah. And how did it stop?
0: Um, well, on one particular occasion, I just burst in the door when he opened it, and I just was like, "In my head, you're not, you're not touching me again. You're not doing this to me again." And I suppose as well, I had my first boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I used to drag him with me. Right. I'd make him come with me. Please, he come over with me. You yeah. never knew what was going you on. He became quite a, a strategist, didn't yeah. he? You walked out ways. Was, yeah. If if yeah. if I can avoid being there, mm. okay. I, yeah. If I can bring someone with me, whether it be yeah. in a friend or whatever, and then I started having the, the boyfriend that he came with me, and any excuse under the sun to not be on my own, yeah. going in. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. And was
2: there an event that? that made a finally stop you were saying there earlier something he said later on would you mind just
0: Um. well it's it's later on as in it goes going to 2014 um. so we're going we're skipping a all yeah. many years but myself and my husband Darren confronted him we went down to where he lived he doesn't live in my granny's now he lives in Breffney Gardens in Baldoyle and um, in August 2014 we went to confront him. I needed to know why. So and what
1: age were you at that stage, Anita? Oh God, what old am I now? I'm 40. So
0: nearly 30. 44. So there so 10 years ago, yeah. yeah. Years. Because that was, what year was the abuse? 1990, 1992, 1992 to, to 93. <clears throat> yeah. And then, so I, I just wanted answers. I just yeah. needed to know. Why did you pick me? out of a whole house full of people that night. Why me? And... I got brave but I dragged him with me (laughs) and um, down we went and he let us in and in we went and he said I know why you're here and I said right I said well then can you answer me some questions and he said I'll try my best and I said the first thing why why did you do it and why did you pick me and his answer to that, which haunts me, it actually makes me skin crawl, was, um, it could have been any one of you. Jesus. You were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're who I seen, basically. You're who I called. And I took that b- to be a relief yeah. because it could have been one of my younger cousins. Yeah. And if that had happened then, well, yeah. you know, so... I was relieved that happened to me.
1: And Anita, we might just go back uh, to when the abuse stopped. Yeah. Um, back to to 1992, 1993. Yeah. You said it lasted until the May, yeah. the following May, from July to May. And and as Trina said, you became quite a strategist. You know, the survivor, and you yeah. kicked, in, kicked, you know, in kicked in. Somehow, and he always. knew you weren't going to put up with it mm-hmm. anymore. And amazing, you brought your boyfriend along to protect yeah. you. How did it change you as you were 12 to 13 at that point? How did it change you as, as a really young teenager?
0: Yeah, I became very volatile, angry, upset, stressed, obviously. Um, it, there was a lot of anxiety. I didn't know that what that was at the time or what it meant, but I, knew, I do now. Um, and I rebelled quite a bit. You know, I started smoking Um I started having the odd drink down, down in the field and, you know, and my parents never drank. My sister isn't a drinker. Um, I just, I kind of got in with the wrong crowd a bit as well and didn't do anything bad, don't get me wrong. But like, I suppose my parents and my sister, my sister mainly saw a difference in me. Yes. Um Growing up in my teenage years, hated school, didn't like school at all used to, Dad, I have a pain in my thumb, pain in my toe. And he'd write a note, right? Same bed. Were you, you a daddy girl? Yeah. Yeah, I you was. You were Yeah, girl. I was.
2: So so an uncle sometimes is like a father figure, isn't it? Mm. So that, that must have been devastating for mm. an uncle to, yeah. to do what he did. And just talking about your anxiety, it kind of makes a lot of sense that you had anxiety because mm. even though the abuse had stopped, it started so suddenly. Yeah. It also stopped so suddenly, so suddenly but you well. were never sure that it may start again. That's so the, the anxiety, fear I yeah. had
0: when I went over there. I used to be terrified when I'd have to go on my own. If I had someone with me, I'd breathe in and breathe out, no problem. Mm. Um, because he continued to live there, yeah, for he some time. lived there up until about maybe 15 years ago, approximately. Like, he ended up going from crutches to a mobility wheelchair. Um. So he's he's in a wheelchair now. Yeah. He wasn't at the time. Obviously, just the two crutches. Um. So yeah. And then, I suppose I was much more laid back when he was gone out of house. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like you know, and my granny was a lady. Um. She only passed away there in 2020, at the lovely age of 92. Wow. Yeah. She was brilliant. And she had 15 children. 15.
1: Then. Who was the first person you told or did anyone suspect, first of all, that something like this had happened to you because of your behaviour? Because the behaviors you're describing are kind of like very teenagey. Teenage.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> you know they didn't. Mean? No, my sister could see a change, but obviously didn't know or understand why. Yeah. Um, I did tell that boyfriend because it was like, please, you know, come with me and why, yeah. you know, why do I have to go to see your granny? You mm. know, that kind of way. And then I ended up telling him I don't think I told him yeah. extents. Um so he just knew. Um and it's funny, uh he actually gave this boyfriend his first can of cider or beer, whatever oh, of course it was. He did, yeah. You know, keeping him sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I always remember him saying that like and he was a year younger than me, actually twelve and thirteen, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? We were only kids, like we hadn't a clue. But um yeah, like I think he was about 13, when he gave him his first can, and he didn't want it. Like, he'd say, yeah. he, he took it, but he didn't, mm. you know, didn't drink it. Um, and so, was it, was it your sister
1: that you, you told about it? You told the boy, the boyfriend, yeah. but then after the boyfriend? After the boyfriend,
0: happened? then no, didn't, still didn't tell my sister. Yeah. And I tell her everything. Yeah. Um, I told a friend um, who unfortunately is no longer a friend, mm-hmm. um, but told her. So I had her support for many years. And then I met Darren. And, and I told just him to say
1: Darren is here with
0: you, which is great. Is, yes. So moral you, support. So
1: you told Darren. Yeah, told Darren great.
0: um after a few months I'd say of of being together. Um our families are interlinked in a way. Yeah. So it was hard telling him and for him to understand and process. Yeah. Um we're together twenty six years next month. So, it's a long time ago since I told him. And it was him that encouraged me eventually to tell my sister. Uh, I suppose that's about 20 years ago now, maybe, I would have told her. Uh Um, She went berserk, obviously. She was angry, hurt, upset, wanted to do this, this, and this. But I begged her, no, please don't tell mum and dad. I'm telling you, you know, this, that, and you know. You're the only one that knows, apart from Darren. Yeah. Boyfriend and ex boyfriend, and my friend. Um But, but then, but Anita, when
2: India. it went on for almost a year, like what? What was, what? What was the occasion that made it stop? Like what happened on that occasion that made it stop? Do you C- know? Can you recall?
0: I can't recall a specific time. I, I just think he realised when I was bringing people with me, as I say, whether he, it be a friend worried. or whatever. Yeah. He was kind of saying, right, well she's not coming on her own anymore so he wasn't yeah. able to do what he was able the to do the opportunity yeah. yeah he didn't have the opportunity And but, the but time like, after
2: that there would have been opportunities and he didn't he just didn't Never.
0: no mm. No. Um. I don't know why but I think it was just maybe I had just gotten braver and more brazen and like I said I'd become very volatile and maybe he could see a change in me as yeah. well mm. I don't yeah. know Mm-hmm. Yeah, really.
1: And so, when you told your sister, was that before you confronted Paul Farrell? Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That was. That's about twenty
1: years ago, I'd say, okay. roughly. Um, and so then you confronted
0: him with Darren. Darren, you were there with her. Yeah, yeah. He came along with me, um, and 2000, August 2014. Yeah, and um, I just wanted answers, as I said, and off we went down. He knew why we were there. He, like he admitted it. He sat and admitted everything. So, so to he us. admitted
2: it in front of Darren. Yeah, yeah. And was this the first time he had admitted it? Yeah, because I'd never because said that before.
0: Never mentioned it. Right. We Pass each other by. I never spoke to him again, unless I had to. As yeah. in, you know, something was asked. Or bring that into your. Bring that into Paul or yeah. whatever. Like yeah. you know, because he was his dinner was handed to him, and you know they that, and you other don't have him getting up out of the chair. Whatever the case may be, and mm-hmm. um, if I had to speak to him, I spoke to him. Other than that, no, yeah, no, yeah. It um, makes me skin crawl even to this day. So and
1: then, and then, obviously, you went to the guards at some point.
0: Was that soon after that, or what happened with that was? Um, I I wanted to confront him, like I said, and I did. And then I had had my first child in two thousand and eight. Okay my daughter and it really hit home me when i had her yeah of course what he had actually done to me and my anxiety went through the roof and when i tell you now i'm sure darren will agree and if you were to have my daughter sitting here she'd say i'm so overprotective like i where are you going? Who are you with? Where will you be? Mm. Don't lie to me about well, this. Can we like
2: ever be overprotective? I mean, is no, there we can't, such a thing? I, I you think know. there's
0: just something extra within me. They're not allowed to have sleepovers. They've yeah. only ever stayed at my mum and dad's house. They've yeah. only ever stayed at my sister. Yeah. Mm. No, and that's, that's, that's okay. It's vigilance. That's okay, yeah. you know? and,
1: and you're being vigilant. I think it's, mm. it's really important mm. nowadays as mm. well. Okay, So uh, I know that uh, Darren was with you when you went and confronted him. And you had yeah. told your sister at this stage as well. So yeah. how did you go to the guards and how was it received?
0: It was kind of taken out of my hands. Um, what happened was, I, as I was saying about my daughter and um, having her, and I was put on medication to get me through life, basically, because I wasn't functioning. Um, my depression, anxiety. And my GP decided to send me to see a, a psychologist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and had my appointment and off I went to see him and I told him and about two or three minutes after speaking to him he said I'm sorry I'll have to stop you um I just need to pop out for a minute and make a call I'll be back so I was like okay so he sent a girl in and myself and her were just chit-chatting and um next thing he came in and he said I just want to let you know because of the information you divulged to me because it happened when you were a child and this person is still alive I've had to inform Tusla of what happened. And I went berserk. I knew nothing about Tusla at the time. Like I knew mm. obviously what what they stood for. But I, I was so upset and angry that he didn't tell me number one that he was he had to do it before he had done it. Mm. Um and I got up and walked out. I said I have to go and I got up and walked out. And I remember walking hysterical. On my own. Hysterical. I rang Darren and he was like, I'm leaving work, I'll, you know, I'll meet you at home, just get home. Berserk, I went. So it was taken out of my hands in relation to Tusla. They contacted me then, but I kept ignoring it. I wasn't ready. Yeah. Like to to speak about it. I wasn't ready. And they okay. kept getting in touch and I kept ignoring the letters and ignoring the calls. And eventually I answered one day and I got talking to this girl and um, she came out. We had to do an interview. Darren instead with me as well. And that was the first time I divulged everything. My sister didn't know full details. I'm My sorry, God, when was, was this? That was in 2015. Okay. Yeah. July, actually, 2015. And I still didn't go to the guards for a good while after that. I didn't go to the guards till the November of that year. Um And... I have to say, I got the nicest detective. He couldn't have been nicer. Mm-hmm. I sing his praises all the time, um, and he took everything on board. He interviewed me. Obviously, he interviewed Darren. He interviewed my sister, and he also interviewed an aunt of mine who I told that I had when I confronted Paul. I told his sister. Um, this would have been an aunt that I got on extremely well with and, and I confided Anita, in horror.
2: Anita, if, if you don't mind me asking you, to your knowledge, were you the only person that was a victim of his sexual abuse? No. No. And in the court case itself, Anita, did you give a victim impact statement? I did, yeah. And, and how did that make you feel? Did you, did you feel like you got justice by being allowed to say your, your piece? Um,
0: I did and I didn't. Okay. I have to say, when I was being questioned, I, we were annihilated. I was questioned and Darren was questioned. So because this Darren was during was, the trial? This, this was so this in was, June 2022. There was a trial as opposed yeah. to
1: him pleading guilty. There was a trial and yeah, he was found oh no, guilty. He didn't, even yeah.
0: after he admitted it to us, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember leaving his house that day in 2014 and he asked me what I was going to do and I said, I don't know, but the ball is in my court. Mm-hmm. And that's how it, that conversation ended and we left. And like I said then, Tusla obviously had Mm. to get involved, so it was out of my hands. And then obviously going to the guards. um, But we were annihilated.
2: But can I just say about that day that you went to the psychologist, because anybody listening to this, uh, I don't want anybody to think that that's the norm, because it's not normal for a psychologist, absolutely not, for a psychologist to um they, they have to under putting children force legislation they have to they have an obligation to report but they would normally uh consult with you mm. for somebody to just at that point, mm, is that it? Yeah. for somebody to just get up and walk out of a room yeah. and do that is very unusual so i would hate any of our listeners who may relate to your story to think that that's the norm, that's the norm because no, it's not I it's, found it strange it's and afterwards unusual. I spoke
0: to someone else yeah. and they were like that shouldn't happen so yeah, it's highly it was highly done irregular. wrongly like he, he yeah. should have explained to you why the processes were before you before you divulged divulged anything yeah. you know yeah. and I oh I didn't realise yeah. yeah but that was obviously taken out of my hands then mm. which mm. I felt extremely unf- like yeah. it was unfair I wasn't ready yeah, that and was it was way, your process. Yeah, yeah, and you would yeah. have been ready at some point. That's oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'd always said that I will eventually tell my story. Yeah.
2: But but it's the protection of potential newer victims. Mm-hmm. But it's the manner in which this process was done. Yeah, that I hope our listeners understand that that's irregular. It's not something that no. would be the norm. Normally, you would be. You know it, it, the process will there's be a explained to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 definitely. The
1: so and you said just in relation to the trial. So we're moving on to the trial, and you said that you you were when you were in the stand and giving mm-hmm. evidence, you were annihilated. So yeah. that's in cross examination. And and I know that the minister has brought in a legislation now to change how complainants okay. can give evidence. There's there is uh, there's more in favour mm. and safeguarding for. Complainants now, which yeah. probably wasn't in place obviously no, when, you were, when you were when you were there,
0: and it's not that long ago, yeah but yeah, no. but
1: how did you feel annihilated
0: um a couple of things happened um one was a photograph was presented to me um and it was a photo of myself at a bar in one of the local pubs in baldoyle. He's also at the bar um He's looking up, he is back to me, like he's kind of turned to the side. He's back more or less to me. He's looking up at the television, and I'm standing at the back of him, ordering a drink from a barman. And they wanted to know why, you know, w- w- what's going on here, why he's in a photograph together. We weren't posing, I wasn't looking and smiling at the camera. Mm. He wasn't looking. Was it was outrageous. It, somebody that took a picture and just snapped. We weren't posing in any way, shape, or form. As I say, I'm ordering a drink, not even minding him. It was at a family occasion. Yeah, Yeah. it was at a family occasion and like a christening or something like that. That's the only reason why we were both in the same place. So there was all these
2: kind of picking holes in your story. That was one thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another thing they they said they put to me was that we asked him for money in 2014. Okay. -hmm, Which is. A complete and utter lie yeah. and they put that to me and I said no and she said the sum the figure amount was for a thousand euro because you were in arrears with your mortgage yeah. and I turned around I don't remember saying this it was the, the my family in the courtroom with me and Darren that said I turned around and said well if it was in arrears with my mortgage it would take an awful lot than a thousand pounds to pay a month for me mm. because my mortgage is over a thousand a month. Yeah, yeah. So the figure didn't make sense or none of it made sense.
1: And thankfully, the jury believed.
0: Well, they you. did. They'd no choice in the end because no. what happened was he said, or did the, the, his barrister said that I wanted, seemingly, he had an accident on a bus. Don't know the ins and outs, but he was coming into some money from a claim. And I approached him in 2014. And this is why I was looking for money from this claim. But it turns out he didn't actually have the accident until November 2016. Right. So they tripped themselves up. Completely. Completely and utterly.
2: Um, And all your family, you said, were there, were they all supportive? Did everybody believe you? Because I think (laughs) when we speak to survivors, very often one of the things that is the biggest struggle for them is sometimes they're not believed by people. And I think that's
0: like... My family. Okay is Darren, and mm-hmm. my girl's. Okay. Mm-hmm. My sister, her husband, and her two kids. Okay. They're my family.
1: And as Trina was asking you, you, you got to give a victim impact statement. I did. That I was very
0: hard to put together.
1: I'd imagine so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because there were so many sample counts that were just taken
0: into account afterwards, <sighs> mm-hmm. wasn't that it? So. Yeah. It was hard to put together, hard to articulate what I wanted to say. Um I mean, I spoke about my granny I spoke about my granddad. The fact, he was cold in his coffin, in the church, sitting in the church, when he done that to me that night. Yeah. His That's own horrific. father. Horrific. And, yeah, it was very hard. I didn't know whether I'd be able to read it out myself. Um, it took me a good few days to put it together with the help of Darren and my sister. Um, Geraldine is her name, by the way, I give her a mention. Yeah. Can fracture a family. Yeah. And it like has. has, I mean, has yeah. Like can, I said, my dad was one of fifteen. Yeah. I lost a family. Yeah. Um, but I gained a lot of friends mm. because me telling my story has I suppose gotten people to contact me directly through Facebook or yeah. people that have gone through similar or the same, you know, situations. So yeah, I lost big time, but I've actually gained. Mm. Yeah,
2: and and were there any agencies that supported you in the court process, or
0: no? I didn't like. I know you said
2: you went to see a psychologist Mm. that time, but did you get
0: other support since? I had not since since the trial. No, I haven't. Um, I probably should really, but no, I did do counselling over the years, um, a number of times in different places yeah mm. Um, I'd kind of got com- I'd gotten really comfortable with a girl in one of the places and we- I'd been attending for many months and I went this particular day and she was gone oh, I touched on holidays but she'd actually left okay. and to restart that with someone else of course
1: geez. it was yeah, just, just kicking the
0: teeth it's such an important like you've been let
2: down a lot though. I mean really if somebody was going to leave they should have told you if they built a relationship then, with you I mean, here Anton,
1: geez,
0: mm. like uh, the,
2: the therapeutic side that you've. I mean, it's not it's not the norm. Yeah, no, wouldn't and normally happen. Like
1: and that. you spoke about before we started, you know how you're going through your own sentence now and how it has impacted your life because yeah. we've spoken to so many people who have said the same thing that once the court process is over the public is like oh well at least that yeah. person got oh, justice. justice you know and, and it's amazing that you waived your anonymity yeah. to have him named that's so yeah, important it is Oh, I can said we start that all there along. and how important that was for you and why you decided that
0: I said from day one I wanted to waive my anonymity because because of that So many people don't because they're afraid of what families will think, neighbours will think, etc. And I had to put myself first. This happened to me. I done nothing wrong.
2: Yeah, it's not your shame. No. No.
0: I was supposedly, as I said earlier, in the wrong place at the wrong time. As a 12-year-old child, a child is what I was. And, you know...
2: But you went to the wrong place at the wrong time every time he sexually exactly. assaulted you. Exactly. So it's, it, it, it's a cock really, you mm. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's a, it, it's an amazing thing you've done. And I think any of our listeners um, that are listening to this story may relate to what you're saying. Would you uh, advise people to go to
0: the yeah. authorities?
2: Do you think it is something that people should do? And, mm. and yeah,
0: I do. I, I really do. Um, From the guards to Tusla and I know Tusla can get bad rep. the person I dealt with, they have a, a system, they don't say guilty or not guilty, they mm-hmm. say founded or not founded, he was founded mm-hmm. on Tusla's behalf so they knew he was after doing wrong as well um, and then the courts obviously getting the justice you know, he was two years he gets 25% off that, he'll be out in January 2024 Um it's no time at all no what, really age, what age is he now I think he's in his sixty, sixty-five, 65 mm. maybe so he's still a young man yeah, yeah. Mm. but you've mm.
1: handed him a bit extra there by waving your anonymity and machine naming mm. him haven't you the shame I, that I, he, I Well, so. you'd hope he'd feel anyway I hope when so. he leaves, oh he's no know? shame
0: he right. has no shame he react he was stone faced from the minute he went into that court to the second he left to go right. to be brought ha,
2: out has he ever apologised
0: never right. never
1: yeah yeah and can i talk about and we're talking Darren is here with you in terms of the impact it has had on you and that's what what's important for people mm. to know that it doesn't just end on the court steps that the trauma is there yeah it's, you know it's you're Witcher working on yourself every day it's a
0: life sentence yeah they go and they do the prison time and they come out and they get to live their life again i'm still taking medication for anxiety and depression i'm out of work there's I'm you know just numerous different elements wrong with me now and like I'm on medication for many different things health-wise but I still have panic attacks I still wake in the middle of the night terrified Mm -hmm. being back to that 12 year old child I mean then there's nights I don't sleep it's insomnia and I take a sleeping tablet every night and sometimes it just doesn't work it doesn't work I lie awake hours and hours and that when the you know sun is nearly rising I'm, I'm going trying asleep, to fall asleep yeah. like
2: yeah. And what's incredible about you, Anita, is your bravery, if you don't mind me saying. I so much. And I think that your ability to tell the story the mm. way you just told, I think will, you know, help a lot of our
1: listeners. Yeah. And, I hope and, and so, I and hope
0: they will come forward. Yeah. If and they can. I, 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 and they don't have to
1: waive their anonymity no, if they go through. You know that's all. the whole point mm. that they just don't to need be, to.
0: Just to be have that bravery. That just the, the first step is the hardest. Mm. Yeah. And then once you're in there and once you've started to talk, you yeah. know, and so then they have the a suite actually if you don't mind me yeah. saying within the courts of four victims of sexual abuse. It's away from everything else. Yeah. You're not sitting with the likes of people that have robbed cars or people mm-hmm. like him. They have to sit out in the in the corridors. Corridor. Whereas there's a room and each person is assigned a person to yeah. help you yeah. and I have to say wow if that hadn't been there they have an amazing team oh there. my You're god are really protected just know. lovely people down yeah. to earth you know and the woman we got I won't mention her name but I'd love to thank her I've thanked her so many times step by step she was able to advise us everything like things, the jargon that was used, and we're yeah. sitting looking at one another, going, "What does that mean?" Yeah, she was able to explain everything. It was, it made it so much more comfortable. Yeah, if that's the right word. Right. Um. So a big shout out to the team mm. up there. They're they're very good. They're brilliant.
1: And so, how do you yeah. feel today? And how is it? You know, family well, life for you and. Are you I was any better? a basket
0: case. I'm not going to lie. Right, I really was, and it took me a good many weeks afterwards to realise for it to actually kick in and realise. Oh my God, I, I, I got him sentenced. He's, yeah. you know, he's he's in prison. Like it yeah. was so surreal, and I suppose in a way it still is. But my life has turned such a corner. I mean, health wise, um, I've had to have a couple of operations which I had done last year, the end of the year and stuff, and. Um, I I'm just in a much better place. I'm more comfortable. I'm more relaxed. I'm dreading January because I don't know what stumbling block that's going to bring to me, um, when he is released. Yeah. But for now, I know where he is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. let him rot. Yeah. That's yeah. You know. Yeah. Well done, Anita. Yeah. Thanks absolutely. so much. Yeah, and, girls. And, and, thanks, thanks so
2: much for telling your story you. because. It's so important that people have confidence in the justice system, that they have confidence in our services, that they know they'll be supported and by listening to you hopefully more perpetrators will be stopped because that's the key to this isn't it, we have to report we have to stop them so that there's not more victims Thanks again. It's
0: just one step one step, once it's done you're there, you're on the right road Mm -hmm. and you'll be looked after I promise you, you'll be looked after Mm. from the guards right through to the court system i couldn't fault it well
1: nice way to end it yeah Yeah. absolutely thanks anita thank thank you you, girls thanks 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 so much much. if you have been impacted by any of the issues in this episode you can contact the rape crisis center on one 778888 or 1-4 in on 0166
2: you can contact us on social media at Real Lives Untold. Our email address is reallivesuntold at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear this season's episodes every Wednesday. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you
0: get your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.